All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Wiebe. We regret to inform you that Brian Chesko will once again not be joining us on this episode. We assure you Brian is still very much a part of this podcast. Uh, the Chesko family is going through some... Uh, uh, personal but but tragic circumstances that we don't know exactly how long it'll it'll take Brian away from our podcast, but he's definitely dealing with some more important things for sure than the uh, the things that we have to talk yeah, about. Right? I mean, this is this so episode. trivial. That honestly, <laughs> to everything that we do on most days, uh, glad we get a chance to do it. I, but I, it I, is for literally sure. when it comes to priorities at times. Yeah. There's a lot of other things that rank higher than this podcast. Yeah, so we do want to assure you, Brian's still very much a part of this. This won't be one of those things where all of a sudden a rando third person will appear <laughs> in a future episode. We'll, we'll tell you. We'll act like, like Brian is we'll, never a part of this. He, he very much <laughs> – come on, you've listened to shows that have done that before. You know I know, I know. Shows do that. They act like it's all covert and yeah. all of a sudden it just happens. Yeah. Or, or maybe we'll have like five or six – You know. Guess where we're just trying them <laughs> Jeopardy out, style, right? yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, yeah. There's there's a lot of you know Jeopardy fake hosts with uh, time on their hands. Maybe they want to be our third co-host for this podcast for sure, and it could happen. Jeopardy doesn't sponsor anybody, right? Jeopardy sponsor us. Uh, I don't anyway, know, but I mean, look, Slack, I don't want Jeopardy sponsoring us right now. Slack can sponsor us. I mean, they're, they're they sponsoring everywhere now. They, they could. could sponsor us <laughs> if they want to. But anyway, all that to say, Dave and I are going to carry you through this international break, recapping game week seven on this episode, looking ahead to game week eight. And uh, Dave, you've got some news about your lineup. You did something big since we last recorded. What wow, did you do? Wild carded. Yeah. You hit the wild card button. I hit it. Uh, I, I, I had a really bad week. Honestly, it's a bad week. And, and, and anytime you're already thinking about wild carding and then you have a bad week, it can send you into a, a oh, tailspin. Yeah. Honestly, I think it was just wicked crap luck. I could look at it and go, well, all right. So, And I went into it with two changes. Probably didn't, and this is probably a rookie move, but I didn't consider the possibility of Alonzo and Christensen not playing at all. <laughs> okay. You always have to consider Ben Chilwell, that. I knew, Brian would have told me. Granted, I'm going to blame him a little bit. Not that he listens to this. He'll never know. Yeah, it'll be fine. But normally, well, Brian, if you had been here last week, he would have said, now listen, before you make any moves, Ben Chilwell is almost back healthy. Yeah. Right? He's usually my Ben Chilwell guy. I don't know. He has sources with Ben Chilwell. Well, I just finished listening to our episode last week, and uh, and I made that comment to you. Like, hey, Chilwell. Chilwell. Yeah, my, okay, okay, fair enough. So we talked about that, and then it happened. Looking like a genius, Chil- except 
Not in your fantasy. Not in, not in my world. I, look, here's the other thing, too. is like, yeah, he's back, but Alonzo has been their Lights guy out. on defense. Lights out. Well, Dave, you can take some solace in the fact that even as we speak right now on Tuesday night, the FPL homepage is still endorsing Marcus Alonzo, despite rotation risk, as a legitimate own in your lineup. Understood. This is where it gets worse, Scott. Okay. I captained him. You captained Marcus Alonzo. I captained Marcus Alonzo. They're playing right. Southampton. Yeah, why not? You uh, love to captain a defender with I a high I don't love ceiling. to do that, but in this matchup, in this moment, it was a home match, Southampton. Right. And it, it felt right. I didn't love any of the other selections. Now, okay. looking back, you should should have just picked Salah. Everyone should have just picked Salah. We did call him Captain Obvious last week. It, it seemed like that. Yeah. So, anyways. But uh, then I, he was playing City, so it made sense to Captain that, And, and that Chelsea. was the point. I think a lot of people stayed away from Liverpool and Chelsea captains last week. City. City captains. Liverpool and City. What did yep. I say? Chelsea. You said Chelsea. We Liverpool f- and we City to Chelsea captains for sure. A lot. There was a lot of Chelsea captains. Yep. Uh, Lukaku people that was captain him. Yep. Mason. I doubt anyone got Mason Mount, but yeah, I'm sure Lukaku was wicked popular last week. Anyways, let's blaze through this. Bottom line is, who was your vice captain? That's, what, uh, that's my what vice captain here. was Ronaldo. Okay. So I All was right. doomed. So the early <laughs> hour. Of the day rolls around, and I realize how doomed I am because Ronaldo is not starting. Now, right. I'm looking at it and thinking, if if I get 30 minutes of Ronaldo, there's a chance. Against that Everton defense? I mean, he's yeah. one of the he's, – he's the best, in my opinion, striker of all time, winger, striker of all time. I think Messi's more of a central guy, but whatever. I'm not arguing Ronaldo and Messi tonight. I think Ronaldo's one of the greatest of all time. I think it's, it's undeniable. Anyways, I thought – 30 minutes, he could do it. He could absolutely do it. He's not like he's playing against a stalwart defense. But he didn't. He did nothing. Yeah. So starting there, it goes to my vice, which is fine. He he Ronaldo got a one, so I got a, a one for a two. Right. I got zero from Alonzo and Christensen. Yep. That my defenders on the bench was TAA and Daniel Marty. Yeah. So I had no defenders to come in for them. I got zeros. Sanchez and Duffy somewhat saved me. Mm. They got me at least 12 out of the defense. Sala, 13, but didn't captain him. Gallagher got me two. Pogba got me one. Ben Rama got me two. Antonio got me two. Tony got me two. So mm-hmm. I got a total of 36. I think I was below average. Just this slightly. felt like the Spurs <laughs> City COVID match <laughs> no, for me last year. No, it wasn't. This because... score was higher than that. But this yeah, but the felt average like that was thirty-eight. Me. You were two points under the average. I, it just it just felt horrible. Bottom line yeah, is this. So yeah. I looked at it and I said, Hey, I'm making seven changes and we'll fly we'll fly into this because look, a lot of people either don't care. No one really has to hear about my team. I'll just tell you some some of the guys I, I grabbed and why. No, this is significant to this podcast. But, but also like if people you people are want playing to, their wild cards. I've been pretty good this year. And I've been pretty good at picking captains. All right. So I just tell we'll, us your preliminary we'll, wild card lineup, Dave. I say preliminary where I am right now. You have a week and a half to I, change. I, this I did a I did a goalkeeper change. I'm off of Brighton, so I did have uh, Sanchez and Steele, mm-hmm. and then I went to Ramsdale and Foster from okay. Watford. All right. Um, Duffy stays in my lineup. Wow. At like a four two, I Who felt like thought in August, especially this week. Uh, at Norwich. Yeah, so, I get it. I get it. I'm just thinking, like, when the season began, who would have thought that even through October and a wild yeah. card, you'd keep Shane Duffy in your lineup? Reese James's injury 
and Tiago not coming back, Tiago Silva not being available because of of FIFA games okay. or World Cup qualifiers or whatever they're doing, it's already kind of leaked out he won't be there for the first game back. So I feel pretty good about having Christensen at the moment. So I still have Alonzo and Christensen at Brentford. And then, Scott, I'm, this is a little edgy here. I don't know how I feel about this. I did bring in Cancelo, and I got rid of TAA. So I don't have a Liverpool defender, and I don't feel great about that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. TAA stats have been absolutely amazing. But getting rid of TAA, I don't think – what I'm gaining by with who I was able to bring in, I don't think TAA is going to smoke Cancelo – he might. He'll probably outscore him on the year. I don't know, especially with City's upcoming schedule. I like Cancelo going into this next upcoming schedule. His schedule is a little bit easier than Liverpool's. So I brought in Cancelo, sold TAA. I still have Salah, and in my midfield, and I still have Gallagher, and I still have Ben Rama. The two additions I have in my midfield are Decore and Son. I was able to get back to Hyunming Son. Okay. Yeah, and I feel really good about this. So Spurs have a couple tough games coming up. If you look at the color-coded match, which we love to reference and mock at the same time, right? They're they're they got they're at Newcastle, then they're at this is Spurs at West Ham, home United at Everton. Those are red fours. It doesn't feel like they're red no. fours. Maybe United's defense, I, uh, but it's it's a home game for Spurs. I just think I, I wonder. I do think this. I think, do you think the early season Harry Kane thing, Scott, is might be able to subside. We're going to be another international break away from the weird Harry Kane thing. I'm hoping things can get settled, but either way, Hyunming Sun continues to show up every single week. How does that get settled? Well, what does that look like? Harry Kane I think I think this is how it gets settled. Behind closed doors, Levy goes to Kane and goes, we'll sell you in January. And then Kane knows where he's going and... And proceeds to continue to do nothing so he doesn't get hurt. That is a weird thing as well, so that's fair. I think he's playing not to get hurt right now. Uh, you're probably right. I'm sure you're right, and that's taking an edge off. Any footballer will tell you if you play to try to not get hurt, it's going to take – you're going to lose half a step and or more. And isn't that what and you're would not, be used to describe Harry Kane's play to this point? Very good. We're a very good point. Yeah, I don't think it goes away. If it, Harry Kane is present, it might not. the cloud remains. Well, and, and maybe you just say, Harry, we'll, we're just going to – Let's mutually agree you're not going to play. We're not going to, in quotes, punish you. You don't want to get hurt. We want to sell you. We made a mistake. We're going to sell you. How do your hamstrings feel, Harry? A little tight? Right. A little tender? Right. Yeah. Hamstrings a little sore? Your, your Achilles a little sore? <laughs> Maybe we should rest rest that. So, uh, anyways, rounding out. So, anyway, so Salah, Decore, Son, uh, Ben Rama, and Gallagher. I, 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 did, I, do, I am keeping Ben Rama and Gallagher. Okay, uh, I, I, like, I think that's a good idea. I like idea. them going forward. And then my, my three forwards, I mean, one change. Uh, I got rid of Tony, and mainly because it was a money move. I feel pretty good about the new guy coming in, which we can talk about. I wish Brian was here to give us a how to say. Antonio Antonio Ronaldo are staying in the team Yeah. at the moment. Okay. Might go Ronaldo to Lukaku. We'll see. But And then I brought in He Chan Wang. Yeah, I knew you're. I knew that's what it was going to be. I right. get it. I get it. We um, talked about him a few weeks ago. I was his two goals were awesome. Yeah, and I know. And what if Ryan was here? What he would say is, "Now, Dave, you know, he's not shooting much, but he's scoring when he's <laughs> shooting." And Brian would be right. Yeah. You can look at Jimenez. There's plenty of people out there that have the Jimenez stats. 
along with the Huang stats, if I'm saying that. H-W-A-N-G. Huang. Huang. I, I don't know how else to say it. Um, I don't I'm going to try to say that. If only I had Whoa. someone here who could tell me how to say it. Who? who? Ken Jennings? Ken, okay, where is Ken Jennings? Anyways, bottom line is this. Jimenez stats. Jimenez is shooting more, not scoring as much. Huang is scoring. Huang. <laughs> you do have a way of saying that in the back Quang. of your throat that makes me laugh. <laughs> Anyways, so that's my team. And right. so I made seven changes. To add, like I said, added the goalkeepers, Cancelo, Decore, Son, Huang. Oh, Ben White. Ben White's in my in my defense. Sure. Uh, I love Arsenal's defense coming up. I told, been telling you guys, go with Ramsdale, go with whoever. The, their stats are great when Gabrielle's in. Arsenal has started the same defensive team for the last six games. They don't have any European play, and they can strictly focus on domestic games, and they've been very, very good. So uh, they, they leaked one goal into Spurs in like the last six games. And yes, a few of those games were against lesser competition, but games are games. Get off, get off my face, Scott. I I get, would get, dream get out of, of my way. Being on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? Why would I say that? <laughs> Moving forward, so so that's my move. That's my wild card at this moment. I don't feel great about getting rid of TAA, but I was able to bring in. You know, it was TAA and. Oh, Scott, I, this is a mea culpa here at the moment, and, and I'm willing to go back. James Ward-Prowse got a red card. Oh, yeah. No, okay. red triangle. Three games, three games he's out. You've got him out so of your squad I got three a, games. I got a, he's, out, he's on my team for three games. So yep. any, any of you out there are like, oh, okay, Dave, where's James Ward-Prowse? <laughs> get him, Scott. He's coming back. Scott told me I get a reprieve if he's out of the lineup red for triangle. injury or yep. a red triangle. Red triangle, period. So yep. he's not back to the 30th. I get a three-game reprieve. And uh, so when he comes back in, I'll have to move, you know, Ben Rahm or Gallagher or who knows, DeCore. One of those guys will be sacrificed. I'll have to, to get him back in. Is this the stretch where you thought JWP would score some points? Is he now out for that stretch? Yes, bro. This is so brutal, right? Like, this is this is the stretch. I thought this was my my JWP point stretch. When JWP scored, it was 1-1. One, one. At it. that moment, yeah. I thought, okay, that's not as bad because Chelsea didn't get the clean sheet. And then Chelsea left it late. And and yeah. look made the score look better than made it look easier than the game was for them. Dude, that Chelsea Southampton game was such a roller coaster ride. Like, yeah, Chelsea left it late, like you said. I'm not even referring to that. I'm talking about the some of the individuals specifically in this match. I mean, you start with Timo Werner. He thinks he scored a goal, and then it's not a goal, right? Yes, Ruled out for sure. So bad beat there for him. So then you have, you know, Livermento, he gets the assist because he gets fouled by Ben right. Chilwell. That's right. Bad beat for Chilwell now, too. Great news for Livermento for yep. those who have the guts to play him against Chelsea, or maybe you get him off your bench. You know, he gets credit for the assist right. on the JWP. You could goal. actually have a Chelsea defender who didn't play. You could have Marcus Alonso <laughs> who didn't true. play. Livermento comes in for him. That's right. right? Was it four points in the end? Or I something? guarantee that ha that's happening to many sure. people out there. JWP gets the penalty kick, which, I mean, for this podcast. Only this guy is starting JWP. <laughs> for this podcast. And all of fantasy. That penalty kick was mad drama for this podcast audience. I'll tell you that much. But then that hurts all the Chelsea defense, right? Yeah. But then he goes out, JWP, and gets a and red card. And by the card. way, he mashed that PK. Yeah, he did great. Like he, it was well he taken. He demolished it. But then he also you know, mashed yes. whoever it was for the red card. 
And then Werner and Chilwell score later to turn things around for Chelsea. What? It was a for world absolute roller coaster of a fantasy. <laughs> and this is if you're not playing FPL and you're just a Chelsea or Southampton fan, you're probably still on the roller coaster a little bit. Yeah. But for FPL players, where you know at least a few guys are FPL relevant on both teams, mm-hmm. absolute roller coaster of a game. Excellent call, Scott. Uh, I want to stay with that match just briefly to talk about Antonio Rudiger. Antonio Rudiger was the most transferred in player for the game week day. That's wild. Now, I'll tell you, I contributed to that number. I brought him in as part of my okay. double move. I should four. have. Well, he didn't end up doing anything for any of us who oh, transferred him in. Fair enough. Not in this match. That goal killed it. The JWP penalty. Yeah. So I just thought it was fascinating that, uh, you know, obviously Chelsea defender, that's a strong move. Rudiger, it's easy to go to him. He is seemingly entrenched in that lineup. Not Christensen, not Alonzo, but right. Rudiger seems to be. And, uh, not and Thiago I think, Silva either. Well, and I think you'd much rather go to Rudiger than Azpilicueta, even though he's... Well, as long as Reese James is down, Azpilicueta, he was kind of playing anyways. Right. When Reece, with Reece But you James, just feel better but... about Rudiger, I think. I, I think there's an emotional element to that. No, he seems to be the one guy who's not getting rotated. That contributed to him being the most transferred in. So anyway, all that said, that I thought that was fascinating, but obviously it didn't lead to much. Uh, can I leave this Chelsea-Southampton match briefly? Yes. No? Well, I think we're done with it. I have nothing else to say about you it. You did manage to pretty much touch on every item I wanted to cover in going through your wildcard squad, but I'm Perfect. glad we started there. Okay. So we looked ahead to game week eight with your preliminary wildcard squad. I say preliminary because, again, we're heading into an international break as we're sitting here. Right. I got a whole other week. To you got a week and a half to dunk. play around. Not actual dunk, but you know what I mean. I, I do. Uh, I want to turn it to the first match now of the weekend. You alluded to the fact that it was Manchester United and Everton. Uh, most captain for the second week in a row, Dave, Cristiano Ronaldo. Your vice turned captain yeah. was the actual, was the actual captain. most captain. Not, and that contributed to the low scores. I guarantee it, right? Oh, because for sure. Not Lukaku, and, not and, Salah. And listen, Ronaldo. there's pundits, big-time pundits that I follow on Twitter. That I follow a lot of FPL people on Twitter. Big-time pundits, small-time guys that I like. follow a lot of FPL on Twitter. And... Holy, when that lineup came out and Ronaldo wasn't in it, people were like, are you freaking kidding me? And here's a dumb thing. If FPL wouldn't have changed their start time, it used to be an hour, an hour before the match, before the very first match, you can make right up until the hour mark, you can make changes. Right. And then they bumped up to hour 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Last year, first time ever. And it used to not be like that for ages. And now, if that wouldn't have changed, People could have made within the last minute or two because it started leaking out because it was such big news that he wasn't playing. People could have made those changes. Sure. Screw you, FPL. Why are you? <laughs> what that you just crushed everyone who actually pays attention. Like, why are you trying to set up rules to make it harder on FPL owners? Like, make it more fun so you can make changes, not put the rules out there. Like, well, if you don't have your lineup set three days before kickoff, you you can't play anybody then. Yeah. Just, well, and we've gone into grid, 
great detail. We're not just complaining about this. We've gone into detail in the last several months about how FPL can be more fan-friendly and even grow. Didn't we do a whole pod on that? Yeah, we absolutely did. The things I hate about FPL, remember? Oh, my gosh. That was you and me as well back yeah, in the summer. It was awesome. All right, so most captains, Cristiano Ronaldo, doesn't give you anything. Uh, much was made about the fact that he seemed to storm off the pitch after his 30-minute cameo appearance in this match. Uh, much has also been made of Sir Alex. Have you seen this story? I love it. Yeah. He says, play your best guys. Well, all first the time. of all, Sir Alex and Nurmagomedov of UFC? Well, he's... What? what? I don't know <laughs> Since how... Since when do they talk? Well, well isn't Fergie Irish? Oh. I mean, I mean, the Irish love to fight, right? Okay. Like a, <laughs> that's a stretch. Right. Okay. 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 All right. That, I hear you. Anyway, that, that, that's a Notre Dame Sir. reference, <laughs> university reference here in the U.S. Uh, Sir please, Alex, though, is overheard. Please, Irish, don't come after he's me. He's not being public or anything, but he's overheard on a recording saying "player best players," right? So now OGS has to defend his squad selection. He was already defending his squad selection, not starting Ronaldo, and you know he was saying what. I was saying at the start of the season, Ronaldo's 36. Yeah, he's not your typical 36-year-old. He's a dude. Yeah. And he has earned the right to say, hey, Skip, I'm not 100% today. See, but, but clearly that's not what happened here. No. He wasn't consulted at all. Yeah. Which I'm not saying that he's bigger than the game. I'm just saying he's one of the greatest of all time. Go to him and say, hey, listen, I'm going to trust you. You know yourself. You tell me when you can't go. Otherwise, I'm going to put you down for every freaking game I can. If I'm OGS, that's what I'm doing. And obviously, that's what Alex Ferguson would do, too. It sounds like it's easy to say from the back room. And I know he wasn't trying to say that publicly, but it came out anyways. Right. So I'm not throwing – he wasn't trying to throw OGS under the bus. He was just giving his opinion on something that he didn't think was going to be made public. Like, like we do when we're not on mic, right? Only For he sure. happened to be caught on a phone recording of, of somebody's. For sure. Somebody's so all life. those times I'm talking bad about Brian, right? I'm not doing it on air, so no one, it's not public, right. so I don't have to fess up to it. Yeah, we, we happen to have the luxury of not living our lives, you know, <laughs> as celebrities. <Right>. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. um, well, there was still a Ronaldo celebration, though, after a goal in this match. This is... I love these things in sports. <laughs> I love it so much. Andros Townsend, man. Who knew he had Andros it in him? Andros Townsend, first of all, worthy of – I don't believe in – I'm a more of a believer in Decore than I am uh, Andros Townsend. I mean, look, but Andros Townsend, Decore, and Damari Gray, at least two of those three names we rarely ever mention in, fan, in, in FPL and especially in this podcast because they're not relevant. All three are like climbing up the table – in in FPL scoring, yeah, where there's all three. options. I think all three were involved in this goal. Thompson just happened to be the one to put it in it, and get to do the uh, the Ronaldo celebration. Do you see what Men in Blazers called it? No, <laughs> something like like one of the uh, the best housery moves. Oh. which is so I, true. That's probably why I loved it so much. No, look, I want to give Andrew Townsend credit. He just started playing. He was at Palace last year, right? Didn't he just trans? Didn't he move this summer to Everton? Yeah. yeah. So let's give him a little credit here. He is tied with Decore, and he is he's tied in overall midfield scoring for third with Decore at on forty three points. They're both five six. I want to run through his scores: five one three, and then the last four weeks: twelve two ten and ten. Now. Decore is currently in my lineup. Maybe 
I got the wrong Everton guy, Scott. I mean, I've got Gray. Maybe we both do. I don't know. I, I think they're all going to get theirs. Who just who who would have thought? I mean, as long as DCL and Richarlison are not playing up front, these three guys are willing and able to carry the load, and they're all taking their turns. There's no when doubt. When those guys come back, I know DeCore will stay in the lineup. I do know that. But how how can you sit Townsend? Can't you, you can't. find a – And you don't need to. Can't you find well, a yeah, spot when room. those guys come Absolutely. back? You just find a spot. Look, there's room. DeCore in his last – I mean, the whole season, 8-4-3, and then in the last four weeks, 10-2-11-5. That's great too. It's just – So good. I have a decision to make, and <laughs> – I'm probably going to lean to Corey. Well, and Everton's hosting West Ham. That feels like a 2-1, 2-2 match, maybe? It does. No, for sure. It absolutely feels like a 2-2 match. I think that's a great call. We'll see what happens there. be a lot of fun to watch, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk uh, briefly. I've got a whole massive stutter dud for you and I to play, oh, by wow. the way. So we'll cover a lot of ground there. Uh, Liverpool and City. When God created the world and saw that it was very good and looked down on soccer and declared it to be the beautiful game. I need Brian to be here for this. This is hosiery that's going on right now. But keep going. He I was can't wait looking, to see where this goes. He was looking at this Liverpool City match when he said that. This was, this was football at its highest level. It, it was. It was elite. Fo- it was... It was literally beautiful to watch. Yeah. Especially the second half. The second half was, it was literally football at its finest. You know what I loved the most was in the second half when it was late in the match and both teams had two goals. It's 2-2. And both teams were still trying to score. Oh, it was back and forth. Because when you see that now, now you can think back to all the other games when you see it 2-2 and both teams sort of, start being okay with the idea of a draw, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they just realize it's probably going to happen, and neither of these teams were residing, were, were coming to grips with the fact that this is going to be a draw. Like, no, we're going to effing get this win. Yeah, Both teams were playing like that. Created such an unbelievable game. So, so good. And these players being so good, the skill level is outstanding. I mean, every goal felt like a work of art. For sure. Mo Salah's goal... Oh. The way he dribbled around. It was pretty good. <laughs> I don't think that we need to gush about it. All right. It was pretty good. But I do need to say, in the midst of all of this discussion on art and beauty, I need to give you uh, my one big regret. Oh, yes. New segment. Newer segment. It's not new. It's kind of new-ish. Yeah. The new-ish segment. Yeah. My Scott's one big regret. Big regret. I, I can't wait to hear this. I mean, it's 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 really simple. You didn't Captain Solomon. I should have. Why? Why wouldn't I have in hindsight, right? He's the only player who gave me any return in my literally outside of Robert Sanchez and goal. Yeah. The only player who gave me a return in my lineup this last game week. I wish I had Captain Mo Salah. I called him the obvious captain in our pod last week, Dave, you and did. I didn't do it. I went with matchup. I went with Rom. I should have just gone with Mo. You know who else should have gone with Mo? Mm. The guy who said he was going to Captain Solid no matter what. Your brother, Brother I Matt. I know. He went away from Captain Solid too. He couldn't have been kicking himself harder. Oh, well, he it, joined it's the just club. It's tough. I mean, honestly, the it's not like we were the only dumb ones, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of, lot of smart people did not do it. But, Scott, there's I, I've often said this, and, and, and Brian's alluded to it as much as I have, and you, you as well probably, is oftentimes – 
You can't look at the match matchups. You just play your horses. And which, of course, no one's benching Salah at this point. He was started in every match, probably, that he could have been started in. Sure. It's just, where do you place to see? And when you have Lukaku playing Southampton, when you have Ronaldo playing Everton, when you have, there's a lot of other options. And so it just, you go with what you, you think makes sense, but then maybe you should just leave it on Salah like the rest of the year. I mean, is that going to hurt you? No, probably not. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Last season, I am a little bit scarred by the fact that last season when Liverpool dipped in form in the middle of the season, Mo Salah dipped with the rest of the club, of course. And I was heavy. I mean, I triple-captained Mo in the yeah. midst of that, early in that stretch, when when they were hosting West Brom. Yeah. When that stretch, unbeknownst to me, began. Yeah. And uh, so I'm a little bit scarred by that. That's the only thing that would make me hesitate from saying captain for the rest of the season. But this also looks like a different Mo Salah. And I saw an article, and I actually thought this during this match, and then I saw that some pundit said the same thing, and I was like, okay, maybe I can say this out loud on the pod now because I'm not the only one. I think Mo Salah is the best footballer in the world right now. He might be. I think he is. He might be. Whether he's motivated by contract talks or just at the height of his, of his career yeah. is unknown, but I think he's, I think he's the best in the world. Uh, Scott, who, who do you think I have captain on uh, that's going to happen in a week and a half from now? Um, let's see. Suns at Newcastle. Yeah, but it's on, it's on Salah. Mo Salah. At Liverpool Watford. going to Watford. Let's at, talk about... At Watford. Let's talk about Watford for a little bit. So, I'm not going to start where you think I'm going to start. Hey, how'd you like that setup for a transition? You, you, it's you're like, not starting where I think you're going to start? <sighs> okay, I'll start there. Uh, oh, that's fine. You want to talk about Ismail Asar? Ismail Asar. He didn't do much. Not in this match against Leeds. Let's let's start. Is there anyone else on their team worth talking about? Um, no. That's no. Sorry, and that's it. Unless you want to have a cheap goalkeeper and then Foster, and who knows how long he'll actually be in that position until someone else gets healthy. All right, let's talk about the manager thing. Yeah. So I said this on our Slack workspace. Claudio Ranieri is the new manager at Watford because on what was it Sunday, the day after they lost, Watford lost to Leeds one 0 uh, they went ahead and fired Zisco. Zisco's gone. Seven matches in. Seven points for Watford. Seven matches in. You mean I can't play the thong song anymore? Doesn't matter. Zisco's out. Yeah, no thong song. Unless you want to play right now as a, as a, parting, a, a parting shot Maybe. to Watford. Yeah. Watford in the, is in the, you know, they're, they're in the table at seven points. Equal with Crystal Palace. Does, does that mean that Crystal Palace should be getting rid of Vieira? Yeah. Leeds is below Watford in the table. Oh, Bielsa, Bielsa, Bielsa should just go. Yeah. Ralph Hasenhurdle at oh, Southampton? Oh, Hurdle, yeah. He's done horrible things. He he's only has Southampton on six points. He should – or five. Is it five? He should – four. He should he should get out of here. Yeah. Sean Dyche at Burnley. Oh, well, yeah. he's it's His time's been up. Steve Bruce? Uh, yeah, for sure. He's been garbage at Newcastle and really done nothing for them and – Mike Ashley really knows what he's doing, so they, they should probably <laughs> get rid of Bruce. Hey, only one point higher than Watford in the table is Leicester, so Brendan Rodgers has to go, oh, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, obviously, he's underperforming. So Here's the deal. The statement from the club said that the team isn't coming together the way that they would expect seven matches into the season, and so it felt like because there wasn't the type of progress with this team that you would expect – as the season is progressing, Zisco had to go. 
that was that's the story, right? Which is complete, Dave. Absolutely. And so you know what I decided? It's time to name names. The board made this decision. That's what the statement said. So I went to the Watford website, and I'm on the ownership page of the website right now. We know that Gino Pozzo is the owner of the club. He probably is the main guy calling the shots. I, no love this so much. This. I, was, I love this so much. I was waiting for my mic for just a few minutes to get another pour. And I, <laughs> there was multiple things I wanted to come in and say. Thank you for carrying that. I love this so much. Yes, let's, you're right. We have been complaining about them for so long. They have shown such poor professionalism. Mm-hmm. And I think we should absolutely name the board who's making the decisions. So there are four directors listed on their ownership page on their website. The chairman and CEO is Scott Duxbury. So, Scott, clearly you have a, a major say in what's du- happening old here. Oh, Duxy. Duxy. Yeah, Duxy. Duxy is, is apparently not very intelligent when it comes to making football decisions. And then there's three non-executive directors. Not sure how much say they have how much of their figurehead, but I'm sure they're in the room. If you're going to say it's the board, they're probably in the room, right? So David Franzen, Stuart Timperley, Glenn Evans. Mm. Sorry, gentlemen. Not good. This is this is just you more are ridiculousness. A poor, you are a poor professional. Yeah, poor excuse for a board of a football And you know club. what? This is a guy who's never owned a team or been on a board, but I can tell you this. You suck. You know, we talk, we've actually talked about it. It's been a few years since we've said this, but we've talked about this, about how – you can watch enough football to where you can really truly get a sense for what should be done sometimes. Yeah. Like, you feel strongly in your heart that OGS should start Cristiano Ronaldo. He should have started him in this Everton match. Absolutely. But at the, and a lot of people feel that way. But at the same time, I can kind of get OGS saying, I need to keep Ronaldo I understand fresh. That. I understand that. This has gotten, though, to the point where I feel like I could replace, like, Instead of Scott Duxbury, let's put Scott Weeby in there instead, and I feel like I could do a better job than Duxy. 100%. Yeah. All they have to do is really do nothing. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. Just let it go. So, Claudio Let Rain- it breathe. Give, give uh, Cisco a chance. So, Claudio Ranieri is back in the Premier League, right? He's the new manager now at Watford. And your brother, we're, we're talking about this in our Slack workspace, which, by the way, there was a core group that helped us start this podcast who's a part of this Slack workspace. But then there's others who have joined this workspace as donors to our podcast. That's right. Small monthly donors yeah. through our Patreon site, FPL America Podcast on Patreon. And so we're all talking about this. And, and I make this comment. I said, your brother actually said that he was glad for Rainieri to be back in the Premier League. Yeah. And I'm just going to read real quick what I said. I okay. said, he should have refused, Claudio Rainieri, the Watford job, he should have refused the job out of principle. I truly can't think of one satisfying reason why he would have taken this job. Is he in debt? No. Is he so unhappy in his old age that he can't just stay home? I'm all for avoiding retirement and living until the end of your days. But at this point, Watford? Seriously. Watford? There's only one way this ends. Not for these managers. The only question is how long it's going to take. But technically, Scott, that's the life of a a football manager. That's the life. You always know that the only way it ends as a club is you're leaving. I mean, he's done it, I don't know, countless times in his career. I mean, that's how he landed at Leicester. I just don't understand why you would subject yourself to this. That's how he left Leicester. I mean, at what point do you just – like, here's what I want to happen. Here's what I want to happen. It, it never will. I, I recognize this. But here's what should, in, and I fully, truly believe this. 
Watford should fire Ranieri at some point, you know, whenever they decide it's important, probably after, you know, like a 2-2 draw. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's great. Um, maybe right after they won the uh, they win the Carling Cup. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or exactly. The, the Carabao yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah, whatever it's called now. So whenever they decide to sack Ranieri and they try to replace him, they can't because no one will do it. That's what should happen. Here's what I don't understand. How is it that Watford can have an easier time finding a manager seven weeks into a season than Spurs can in the summer? It's crazy. How does that happen? It's crazy. This needs to end. What, Absolutely needs to end. What's interesting is this, and this is completely unrelated. In a similar story, I had a college buddy, college roommate, call me up yesterday. And, Scott, this is a crazy story. I'm not going to name the university, but – uh, he has a daughter going to a university here in Virginia, where, Virginia in the state where we live. It's a smaller school. It's a D3 uh, size school. And she's playing soccer for them. Uh, she has a, a, a D3s do things a little bit differently, so it's not a full scholarship, but she's on their soccer team. Their coach is a uh, Nigerian woman legend. Like, her resume, Scott, is like, she's on like the 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 – Conference of African Federation, like Nations Hall of Fame. She's like three time FIFA, like all star. Uh, I mean, her, her list of accomplishments is ridiculous. It is a shock. I'm thinking, like, why is she not maybe at a, at, a, at a bigger school than this? To start the season, the assistant coach in one of the drills tears his Achilles. So he literally loses, not he doesn't lose his assistant coach shot, but he can't. He still, loses his mobility. Yeah, he literally <laughs> loses his mobility, right? Well, something happened to the head coach, his family, or her, and she had she had to return to Nigeria. Oh wow! The, so all of a sudden, my my roommate, my old college roommate, gets a phone call from his, and this I bring all this because you'll see how this correlates with okay. Watford. Okay, uh, he gets a call from his his daughter, who's a player on the team. She's like, Dad, our coach, like this is crazy. This has happened. We're worried that the NCAA, we won't be able to like play our games because we have to have a coach. There's no just coaches out there. Everyone's already got a job. Um, would you apply? And he had coached a little bit of high school. <laughs> and he lives in New Hampshire, okay? Okay. So this is Virginia, New Hampshire. Now, he is a very successful businessman, owns his own financial firm. So he has probably a flexibility where he can work from office if he needs to. So, okay. Or work, work. So he's like, I'm not going to do it. He gets home, talks to his wife. She's like, just do it just so you can tell your daughter that you that you applied for the job. He's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. He applies for a job. Next day, he gets a call from the AD. He's like, hey, we're looking at a bunch of stuff. He's like, listen, if you just need me to fill in for like a week or two to help while you find someone else more qualified, you know, great. I'll do whatever I can to help. AD calls him up two days later. We want you to take the job because they can't find anyone else. So he, he takes the job. So he comes in, coaches his first game. They he, he does all different types of stuff that the other coach is doing. And they win six one, and so we'll see. We'll see where this goes. But oh, it felt man. like this, Scott. At the same time that Watford is firing Ranieri, the, it's the same day <laughs> I find out about this. Or no, they don't fire. Hiring. They, they hire Ranieri. Yeah, they fire Cisco. I'm like, this is like the circumstance is totally different. But it it just you know when they fought when they do fire Ranieri, maybe your businessman friend will be available then. So what's hilarious is he he and his family were in England last year. Is that the one who watched? To a That's the guy game? who went to the Watford game. That's crazy. And so, so he calls me up on the phone. He's like, "Are you watching the Watford game?" I'm like, "No, I'm watching this other game. They're on ten o'clock at the same time." So I flick it over to the Watford game. He goes, "Look behind the goal." He goes, "I didn't know we had tickets this good." 
we I had no idea where the tickets were. We just bought the tickets. They were sitting like three rows behind the goal, and so uh, he's calling me from the game. Of course, it was Watford. Brings it all full circle. That's crazy. But how crazy is this for the rest he's, of his? Uh, I'm sorry. I do believe he now checks all the boxes. He's eligible. For, Watford oh, manager. For sure. He is He is eligible now to, to manage Watford. He's been there one time. He's, he's been to inside the Watford <laughs> Stadium. I can't remember what the uh, – Vicarage Road. Vicarage Road. He's been to Vicarage Road. It doesn't Road, matter. I hope and, they're And uh, he relegated. has managed one game, Scott, in college athletics. And uh, they uh, won an astounding 6-1. to one. So, hey, he is qualified for Watford manager. Don't be surprised to uh, see an unfamiliar name in that role coming soon. Uh, can I – uh, see your story about visiting a Watford match and and uh, and raise you just a little bit. Oh wow! Okay, sure. So last week, uh, last Wednesday. Yeah. So since yeah, yeah. we last recorded, you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I ended up taking my son uh, to his first Major League Soccer game here in the United States. Fantastic. Uh, our close, the closest team to where we live is DC United. Yep. Uh, and my team, I, I I grew up, born and raised, lived twenty, my first twenty one years of my life in Minnesota. Right. So every Minnesota team is my team, all right? And so even though Minnesota United didn't really exist until I lived in Virginia, right. once they existed, sure. that was my MLS team. For sure. It makes sense. And uh, and so this was the one time, last Wednesday, the one time this season that Minnesota United would visit D.C. Yeah. So my son and I, my 8-year-old son and I went to the match. I, was, I haven't been to an MLS match. It was it was awesome. Yeah, Audi Field is great. Okay, great great experience. Can't wait to go back. Nice. Probably the next time Minnesota United visits. I don't care about DC United, but it, it you know it was great great match. DC ended up winning three to one, uh, which is fine. My son and I both had Minnesota United shirts on, and mine happened to be a really bright blue because that's Minnesota's color. DC's okay. colors are black and red. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of black. Okay. And then there's me in bright blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our seats were right behind one of the goals as well, like oh, right, wow. like right on the corner. Okay, uh, I was. We were basically between the 18 yard box line and the goal. Was it was it reasonably full? Was these uh, amount of people uh, the there? The stadium was like half full. It was kind of rainy though, right? It wasn't rainy, but it was very cool. Okay, and it was a Wednesday night, so it was like half full. Well, okay. not a, not a not sure. a not a capacity crowd by any means. A friend of mine, I texted him some pictures of us being there because he had gone to a D.C. United game as a D.C. fan a couple of months ago. Okay. And so when, when I texted him from our seats, he was like, I got to tune into the game. So he turns it on. And every time the play happens to be in the corner right in front of us, yeah. he's texting me saying, I see you on TV. Your blue <laughs> shirt completely stands out of the crowd. That's and, awesome. Uh, Minnesota United scored one goal in the match. It happened right in front of us, oh, so that good. was that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though they lost three to one, uh, great, great experience. Uh, positive experience in MLS for me. Good, very much so. It wow. wasn't City Liverpool, but it was it was so fun. It was so fun. Well, I, listen, and I was on TV. I, I think uh, if anyone can enjoy a, a crowd experience indoor MLS game as a Georgia boy. Uh, I follow uh, Atlanta, Atlanta United yeah. in the MLS, and I have not been to a game, but their crowds are legendary for what they've created. Yeah, Mercedes at, Benz at, at in Atlanta with all these di- cool yeah. things, hammering in the gold spike, and kind of known for some rabid fans. So that that's that's a lot of fun. That's the other thing too. Yeah, these these clubs have done a really good job of of creating a a niche following yeah. for sure. No, or, it's or special awesome. specialty specialty things when you go to a match. Let's bring it back to Watford real quick. So I don't know if you saw. Did you see Daniel James of Leeds taken down 
and no call being made. Did you happen I, to see that honest, play in this match? I saw you saw Slack chatter about that. I did not see that myself. It's just the la- so I'm gonna for weeks now. I've had examples of defensive takedowns okay. that have gone uncalled. This happened to be one that would have led to a penalty. It would have been worse loss for Watford if it had been called. Probably. Uh, this is just the latest example of many, many examples, and I, we just haven't been able to get to it on the podcast. I'm forcing it in today because, Dave, I'll be honest, I, I'm i not a big fan of this rough-and-tumble Premier League this year. It took years to get to where calls were at least a little closer to, I'll call it fair, although that's a very loaded term I, I understand. And now immediately, seven game weeks into this new season, when it's very obvious that soft fouls are not going to be fouls. It has taken absolutely no time at all for defenders to just go crazy. And by go crazy, I specifically mean the use of hands. Defenders are getting really handsy already in the Premier League. I'm not okay with grabbing kits, with takedowns, with hugs, bear hugs on corner kicks and free kicks. I'm not okay with this. I agree. I hate the bear hugs. And the grabbing of jerseys. And you know me, I like the rough and tumble. But within reason, James Milner, sticking my leg out, should be second yellow. <laughs> I agree. Scott, that changed. By the way, argue. by the way, let's come let's circle back to that real quick. Yeah. All of a sudden that game takes a whole different meaning for the last 30 minutes. And no surprise, Klopp gets Milner out of the game within two minutes of you that exchange. To. You have to in that moment. You have and so to. He, Pep is losing it is, his It is mind. ludicrous. If I was a City fan, I would have been absolutely losing my mind. How is that not a yellow card? Mm-hmm. Not only is it a trip, which it, which I think is almost an automatic yellow anytime someone actually oh, sticks yeah. a leg out to trip someone. Yeah. It's a backwards leg trip. Wicked obvious. That sends <laughs> Bernardo Silva on his head. Yeah. On his, the back of his neck. And he wasn't flopping. No. He like wasn't. He wasn't exaggerating. No. It took Bernardo Silva down on his neck head. Like that's the back, you know, flat part. Brian would appreciate that if he was here. I I appreciate it. Bottom myself. line is, Liverpool that yeah. could have gone way worse. Dodged for Liverpool. a bullet there for sure. Anyways, all that being said, I agree. I with don't you. like it. There's a whole lot of shenanigans that's going on. Bear hugs and, and grabbing kits. These are easy things that you could just say not allowed. Going to be called. Yeah. And the moment you just you know, draw a line and say this isn't going to be called. Call one. It's over. Just call one. It's over. Maybe call two in two different games and it changes. Unfortunately, we've gone the opposite direction where rough and tumble Premier League has now meant handsy defenders again, and I'm not okay with this. I agree. You know, there's something else that we talked about a lot that I'm not okay with, and and we saw it in the Wolves uh, match against Burnley. So this is my transition to that match. You already talked about Huang scored both goals for Wolves Huang. here. Raul got the assist on both of those goals. So yep. big day. Two Wolves forwards were in the Game Week 7 Dream Team. 13 and 10. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but there was something else that happened. It was actually what led to the Burnley goal. Jeff Hendricks scored. Uh, Saw, the Wolves goalkeeper, goes out for the ball and ends up, you know, it was one of those situations where he's like sliding out with his arm out and his arm gets taken back. And it looked like it probably could have hurt his shoulder. Mm. So Saw lays down on the pitch, hurt. But the play is still going on. Referee hasn't stopped the play, didn't call a foul. Ball is still in play. It's still in Burnley's possession in 
uh, you know, around the Wolves' goal. So Saw's laying down on the pitch. Finally, he realizes, oh, wait, this is not getting called. So then he does the magic pop-up, I'm healthy, I'm ready, and runs towards his goal, but it, by then it's too late, and an out-of-position Saw ends up giving the goal away, and that's how Burnley scored in this match. Now, all that to say, I'm not questioning whether or not Jose Saw was hurt on that play. He very well could have been. I don't think he came out of this match, though, which that's part of the thing. I really wish if a player's going to lay down on the pitch and force a stoppage of play, that he has to sit out for two minutes or five minutes or whatever it might be. Why, why are referees automatically letting players back on before the ball's even put back into play? Like, I wish that there was an injury timeout that was forced if you're going to stop the play. Like in American football, which is in full swing right now here in the United States, if you force a stoppage of play by being hurt, you've at least got to come out for the next play. You're not right. able to stay in the match. Right. I don't understand why something similar can't be put into place for soccer. That way... Let's say Jose Sal wasn't actually hurt. When you lay down on the pitch like that, all you're doing is hurting your team. It's crazy. That's, that's a huge gamble. Well, in this case, it did not pay off. That's all I want to say about that. Especially when they were only winning one nothing at the time. Yep. And then Newcastle scores. Lucky for him. You might have said Burnley earlier. Just throwing that out there. You oh, might have Hendrick, said Wolves. I went Burnley. Burnley. You're right. Yeah, it's Newcastle. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's a subtle correction there. I'm that's not okay. Gonna, I'm not going to rewind it. If it's the not tape. you, it's someone on social media, and so I'd rather it be you. Thank sure, you for, for doing sure. That. So, yes, we caught that. It, it was Newcastle, not Burnley. Players do change teams. Back off, exacto guy. <laughs> all right, a couple of segments before we get into our stutter dud game and wrap up this pod. First of all, let me give you the manager quote of the week. Oh, yes. Pretty straightforward. It comes from your boy, Nuno Espirito Santo. Oh, I thought you were going to say Mikel Arteta. No, I don't know what he said after I do. I am, uh, shockingly, even though I should hate him, I am a fan of Nuno. Yeah, he's the enemy. But he referred to his team as, and this is the quote, he referred to his team as unstoppable when they're confident. And that was his quote following the Spurs 2-1 win against Aston Villa. I found that very interesting since, I mean, everything about Spurs, I feel like is subtext these days. And, so, you know, the, the when confident, you referred last week to the fact that Nuno kind of went Bush League and skipped the press conferences after this match. And when he did talk, he blamed his players. Now here he is saying that they're unstoppable when they're confident. Is Nuno losing this club slowly but surely? Having an inconsistent message and or if he got called to the principal's office by Levy and said, hey, you want to change the message around here? Remember remember what we're trying to build things up, not tear it down? Yeah. One of the easiest things you do, you can do to hurt your credibility as a manager is to have an inconsistent message. Yeah. And so if he is flip-flopping with the wind here, yeah. It could, it, it could happen. Now, look, Nuno has been successful with teams with lesser talent. So he this is the most talent, and I know that you're about to argue this, but whatever. You just shut up. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not true. And I, know, I didn't say a word. I know what you're thinking. You saw me, but I didn't say I know, a word. I know what you're thinking. No, here's the thing, this Dave. This Spurs team is talented, and it's probably the most talented team that he's ever had. And yes, this is a big club, and he's never managed a big club. And this probably bingo, Scott. bingo. That's the thing. And I don't mean it's to. A, it's a different animal. I will agree with you. Animal. I will agree with it's you there. It's not just talent. It's also about. But it's also this. It's being at a big club. Arteta had never. Now he did play at a big club. Is he still managed a big club? 
This is fair. Totally fair. All the mocking, all the mocking can begin. All that, honestly, at this point is fair. We'll get to I get it. Next. That's fine. But bottom line is, yes, at least like he didn't have, he didn't have like pedigree, but he was with Pep for a couple years at a big club. So he at least was an assistant there. Yeah, he, yeah. He played valuable. At, he valuable. played at one. Yeah. He uh, played at a top four Wenger team. Yeah, he did. He right. Did. So yeah, when Wenger had Arsenal elite, they were always top four. Have you missed Arsene Wenger? Kind of. You should. Kind of. It's the last time you were good. Yeah. I mean, you wanted, when you were fourth, you I, it wasn't enough, Scott, but now you'd kill for fourth. What's amazing is this. I think the further we get away from that, people realize how good he really was. He was so good. Right? Yeah. Even though he wasn't winning as many titles as people wanted, he, as did, many? he, did, win, he did win some titles. So Trophies. I'm not... As many as people wanted. He, he, he didn't win a championship. I, I agree. He lost to one of the all-time Barcelona great teams in the Champions League. Sure. That kept him from winning a Champions League. He did win Premier League. Yeah. So, yes, and he won FA Cups. We all know how many. So, bottom line is, yeah, like, it's just crazy. His accomplishment in keeping Arsenal as a top four club for, like, I don't know, what, 16, 18 years, something like that in a row. What Something stupid. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah. Going back to Nuno. You're right. It's not just the fact that he has the most talent. That might be true, but he also has the most problems. He's got the most Yeah. He's he's got the biggest personality. Mo money, mo problems. Exactly. That's exactly my point. And as a leader, as a manager, you've got to be big enough to be able to get on top of those problems and deal with them. Well, he's probably learning the hard way. He has absolutely learned the hard way, and it's only going to go one of two ways. He's act, he's going to get big enough to fix it or he's going to be sacked. It's yeah. one of those two things. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And if the rumors are true, he might be the third. And I say third because I think Rainieri will get sacked before he does. All right, That's Scott Stat of the Day. And now it's time for Scott's Stat of the Day. <laughs> Scott's Stat of the Day comes out of Crystal Palace 2, Leicester 2, Jekyll and Hyde match, Tale of Two Halves. The Stat of the Day, Dave, is the number 48. 48. 48 is the number of Zaha winces in the match, where he visibly winced in his face. He's a very expressive person. Yeah. And I like that about him. It's either that or 48 is the amount of goals that Jamie Vardy has been involved with (laughs) against Crystal Palace since he came into the league. Jamie Vardy is still very good, and I am sorry, Jamie, that I doubted you at the start of the season. We'll get to Jamie Vardy later in Stutter Duck. I'm guessing I missed on both of those. Yeah, your streak of, ke- of getting these Scott stats are, are over. 48, do you remember earlier in the season we, we did a how to say on Edson, uh, Odson Edward? Yes. Super sub, scored, I think it was after 24 seconds yeah. after he appeared. Yeah, 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 His first appearance for the club. And we questioned, you know, whether that would translate to something greater. Really hasn't yet. No. 48 is the number of seconds that Kevin Elise took to score his first Premier League goal coming off of the bench in this match. What is it with Palace and super subs, Dave? Wow. I Well, as you said, Michael Elise, I wanted to say who? Did I say, is it Michael? No. You just said a name, and I'm, I, I literally, normally I, I use that joke on a FPL relevant person who I don't think is relevant. Who? But this guy, I really did, like. Oh, I said Kevin. So I got the first name even wrong. It's Michael. It's Elise. Michael. Thank you. Who? 
Yeah, well, that's why you said okay. who. <laughs> I got it wrong. Anyway, I'm over two today on, no, on things. We're, we're getting through this, Scott. All right. Yeah, wow. What is it with Palace and Super Subs? Yeah, I don't know. No idea. All right. Let's talk about one more thing. Hold on. What, we're on that Lester. What want to give Vardy and the fact that Kelechi and Nacho started a match? Can we get to that later? Trust me. We'll get to that later. Trust me. Okay, we'll get fair to enough. That later. All right. Let's talk about your boys. Arsenal. So this match, if I was to give it a title, I would just call it a wet night in Brighton. The the weather looked horrible. Horrible. And it isn't that a thing? Like we forget sometimes because you know we're fans of the club and we demand we 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 hope for and maybe even sometimes demand perfection from our clubs. Like every match needs to be something that we should win. But if I'm playing in that match in that weather, zero zero, and then go in and get warm in the locker room afterwards, yeah. sounds perfectly yeah. fine to me, doesn't it? Yeah, like you don't mind playing in some wet weather when you're playing, but not uh, that wet football. weather. That that's just playing playing in a monsoon's not not fun. <laughs> that's uh, a good title. Hey, credit to the groundskeepers at Brighton. I don't remember hardly seeing puddles, which that is. And I know that England, and I'm sure many other countries, have mastered the art of vacuum systems underneath their fields to keep them dry. Well, not dry, but you know what I'm saying. Puddles, not sure they're puddles. called vacuum systems, but yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I feel you. No, they have complicated systems. Yeah, to, ventilation and... Such. Anyways, yeah. we're not getting into that. This is not an agricultural <laughs> podcast, Scott. It's Look, not. I wanted I wanted more from Arsenal here, but I, here's the deal. I was talking to my brother... And he was like, hey, how about that draw? I'm like, yeah, look, I wanted more. But honestly, if Brighton wins this match, you're top of the table. So if – Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so I, I Brighton thought – Brighton and I, Brentford. I thought, you know what, is Brighton has played a lighter schedule yeah. to start the season, but they beat who they played in front of them. Uh, I said, look, you know what, last year Arsenal loses this match, and this year they drew it. Like, same match, huh. same time of the season, this Brighton team – Brighton did dominate possession for a lot Brighton of has match. been look and maybe we need to give Brighton a better credit more credit than they've been getting because they've been producing results I don't I wouldn't say this is a great result for them I would have loved to have seen Arsenal win this match but they didn't it was a nil-nil game they had chances both teams had chances and um it just didn't happen it was an ugly night it really it really was is Saka gonna be okay I think he'll be fine I haven't heard any Bad rumors against him, I think. Knock on wood, he'll be fine. Listen, Arsenal, knock on wood, at the moment, are fairly healthy. And so they're able to put out a decent team. Saka does not have any type of triangle, Scott, by his name. I have not seen his name show up uh, in the Dinnery Chronicles. So <laughs> as long as Captain Den is not reporting on uh, uh, Bakari Saka, uh, that is a good thing. And then um, Lacazette. Has he done anything wrong, or is he just not good enough? I think this is an excellent point. And, Scott, after watching this, I think Arteta might have made a managerial bad move. Lacazette and Pepe fit better into this match than Aubameyang and Saka, or either Aubameyang and Smith-Rowe. And when, when, when Lacazette and Pepe both came in, and Pepe's had a lot of crap thrown at him, but when they came in, they made noticeable differences in the match. They changed the match. So 
Yeah, I, I think maybe Arteta needs to take a look in the mirror. Aubameyang has not been wicked producing every week. Give Lacazette. Lacazette looked great when he came in. Plus, playing against Duffy and playing against uh, Dunk, the types of center backs that they are, Arsenal, Arteta should have had the foresight to realize we're going to need a little bit more hold-up play. Lacazette's excellent at that. Play Lacazette, Aubameyang. He's played a bunch of games. He'll be fine. Yeah. So, I I don't – yeah, I think, I think you know, sometimes managers make mistakes. If he could do it all over again, I bet he starts Lacazette. So. Unfortunately for Arteta, though, you really need to start thinking about this, I think. This is not the first or even the second time this season already we've talked about Arteta making a tactical mistake. Yeah, and that's me, but who am I? But, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's obvious. It's, you know, here's the other thing, too. In hindsight, anyone can make the claim of, I mean, if Aubameyang puts a goal and they win one nothing, we're not making this talk. You know, we're only talking about it because it's results-based. So now, granted, we do have to acknowledge the results. So Points are points, Dave. Points are points, as we like to say. All right. Well, the dream team, you know, we talk, we started this pod by talking about how the average score was only 38. Remember the first three weeks of the season leading into the first international break when it seemed like you could easily score points at will? 80. Like, snap a finger and you scored 80 points? 70 points, not easy. The last few weeks have not been this way. Let's hope that things go back to the way they were before after this second international break. But with that said, I'm going to read briefly through this dream team. There are three fantasy-worthy players here. Let's start in the back. Tim Krul. I mean, when Norwich... Not, how's Norwich Keeper when you're make Nor- the dream team? When your Norwich Keeper is in the dream <laughs> team, you know it's not good. Uh, then the defense is Urente from Leeds, because he scored. Uh, Chaloba from Chelsea. The, I think you know, it's Chaloba? Whatever. His, the kid keeps... Playing the guy well. who every time he plays scores? Yeah, I know. He keeps playing well. But as Pilaqueta has joined him, Charlie Taylor shows up on the dream team, Burnley. Uh, no thank you on all of that. And then in the midfield, so you have Mo Salah and you have Son. Andrews Townsend, we discussed already. Hoybier scored, so he made the dream team as well. Salah and Son, though, are really. I mean, you're, you're thinking about Townsend, I know, but you weren't thinking about him before he scored this goal. And then you have the two Wolves forwards. Which both people, uh, Huang, his overall ownership is only at 3.7. So it's not like there's a huge tidal wave going towards him. No. His price has gone up. It was I, at a 5.5. Five. His price has gone up. I do think he's going to be... Jimenez's ownership is only 6.2, Scott. Well, and I, I still, I don't know. I, I, if I had to pick a Wolves forward, I'd pick Huang. I absolutely would. And I, I think he's going to continue to be fantasy relevant at times this season. I think season. he is too. I think he's really going to – I think he's got a chance to to really – his price to rise and him – I think he's got a chance to do some fun things. The schedule coming up isn't daunting for them. They're at Villa, at Leeds, home Everton, at Palace. You don't like the next three out of four away, but it's not a horrible lineup. I mentioned that FPL, uh, the homepage on the FPL website, has um, – has Alonzo on it and Cancelo as well about how they're both rotation risks, but they're still worthy fantasy owns. Over the weekend, uh, there was an article on the FPL homepage about how Jamie Vardy and Son, you know, even though their teams have underperformed a little bit, they have continued to be fantasy relevant players. And what's interesting is, you know, Vardy and Son are both just under that premium price point, where you know a lot of people have Lukaku or Ronaldo. You probably don't have Vardy if you have one of those two, but you'd almost 
you do have to think about Jamie. Jamie Vardy's making you have to think about having him instead. Scott, his scores the last three weeks, 8, 11, and 8. That's against Brighton, Burnley, and Crystal Palace. Which, okay, that makes sense. You know, you could have seen something like that coming. But still, I mean, he's he's gotten it done. He's been doing it this season. And then with Son, I mean, yeah, we've talked Scott, a lot about... Scott, he's one point behind Antonio for overall, for overall. Antonio's got yeah. 49. Vardy's got 48 points. And uh, Leicester's upcoming schedule, they're home to United right after the break. Then they're at Brentford, home Arsenal, at Leeds, home Chelsea. And then their their schedule for about six matches kind of lightens up. But here's the other thing. Vardy, it never seems to matter who he's playing against. He's not Mr. Flat Track Bully. In fact, I, I think the stat is out there that, that he has scored more against top six clubs than any anyone else in Premier League history. Huh. He I, I like he literally right. he shows up for the big matches. So this season it seemed like he's beaten up on the on the smaller clubs. But Scott, he's he's tied with Salah for the league leading goals in six through yeah. seven games. Yeah. There and technically he scored an own goal. So really he's ahead of Salah. He scored more more goals than Salah if you count the own goal, because he has seven. So Well, what's interesting is you mentioned Leicester plays United coming out of the international break. Who's more likely to uh who's gonna score more fantasy points in that match? Vardy or Ronaldo? I think Vardy will absolutely relish the fact that he's going up against Ronaldo. He's probably never played against him his whole life. I can almost guarantee that. Yeah. So yeah. this this is this is the grocery boy playing against the chosen one, right? <laughs> like and for me, I like rooting for the grocery boy. The grocery boy. And so Vardy I guarantee will relish playing this match. I man, Scott, I'm looking at those numbers, I'm like, man, maybe I should on my wild card Get rid of Ronaldo and bring in Vardy. It's interesting. Uh, look, I, I know some people would say well, that's that's insanity. Whatever. Uh, Ronaldo, <laughs> his last four, 13, 6, 2, and 1. Okay, so granted he didn't get the start. I just wonder. I think he's going to be pretty hungry after the break. That guy uh, seems to defy all odds. But then again, so does Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Well, and you uh, already mentioned that Sun's a part of your wild card squad alongside Salah, which totally makes sense. FPL, I think, would uh, would appreciate that. Let's play stutter dud about four guys. Before you do, I thought this. I looked at the top transfers in this game week. Yeah. On the on the the front uh, FPL page, there's there's uh, five names listed. I have four of the five in my wild card: Cancelo, Huang, Salah, Decore, all, and then Townsend, and and again. I brought in Decore, but I'm not going to bring in Decore and Townsend. So, but I, Dave, do you see who the most transferred out player is? Ronaldo. T, so okay, so TAA is interesting, uh, and I transferred out Pogba as well. And Cristiano then, Ronaldo. And Ronaldo. That's from most captained to transfer. I guess. Well, so here's the other thing that's deceiving this guy. His ownership's at forty six point two percent. Yeah. Almost half of FPL owners own him. So when you see that big sale number, it's not as big as it seems. But the only forward in the top five transfers in is Huang. You're not going to tell me that all of those Ronaldo owners are going to Huang instead. No. I, I tell you, there might be some TAA owners who are going to Cancelo. That seems to be an easy look in there. I think yes. people... 
is there people that don't own Sala? Sala's ownership is at sixty point eight percent. So maybe maybe the few people who didn't own Sala. <laughs> well, he's in the top five Scott, transfers in. Scott, the people who didn't own Sala are going to him. Sure. I, I mean, jeez. Yeah, maybe it's time to sell Sala just to cash out because everybody else is doing it. Go for no, that, no, no, that's stupidness. I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm not doing that myself. All right, let's play stutter dud about four guys. Four guys who uh, all happened to play well this past game week, but to this point, we have not recommended for FPL. So okay. Stutter dud to see if we should recommend them moving forward. First, United's goal scorer Anthony Martial. Uh, dud. I'm not touching him. Yeah, I agree. Even though you got a goal here, there's no, no. way. There's no, no, no. no way. Uh, he is a mental head case. Yeah. My opinion, and. Uh, not, that is not the opinion of this podcast. This is my opinion. Only. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. He's a mental head case. He doesn't get enough playing time, and he is uh, he is sitting behind uh, one of the greatest of all time. I promised you I'd come back to him. Kelechi Nacho. Is it coincidence? His first start, first goal. Stutter dud. Someone <laughs> has got to be telling Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> Quit picking this up. Seriously. His team isn't good right now. They're not good. Something is wrong there. Scott, is there a surprise that all of a sudden Kelechi starts? That's what I'm saying. I think think Kelechi's a stud. And and honestly. He's a stud, but for FPL, you have to give him dud status because of Brendan Rodgers. Well, are we talking about at this moment or are we talking about up to this moment? He's he's, he's a 7-0. But there's, it's very likely he doesn't start the next match, Dave. He's su- he's played in every match as a sub until he this one. Started this match and he, he scores. Scored. Yeah, it was an opportunistic goal. I mean, it was a turnover it was that led at to a Palace. Goal. And here's the other thing too: Palace has been pretty good at home. They haven't just been. Well, they came back to draw very nicely in this one. I yeah. mean, it was impressive draw. I know Palace is not a, just a pushover. Like they're a, they're a, they're a mid table Premier League club. Yeah, they so. Are. So they're gonna on their day they might beat you, and on their day they're gonna they're gonna draw the top clubs. They're gonna so. be fun. They're gonna make you work more than they did under their pre, like under Uncle Roy, Grandpa Roy. Yeah. All right. So, but but I can't endorse anyone to go to Ianacho. It's too unpredictable. I can't argue that point about the unpredictability. I think this is the beginning of of the realization of someone said, saying, "Brendan, uh, we'll play Kalechi." <laughs> So I'm going to say stud on the risk, and I know what I'm risking here. I'm risking the fact that I don't know if he's even going to start the next match. Yeah. But I'm going to say stud. I'm going to go out on that limb. It's a really thin limb, and I'm a I'm a rounder, heavier dude. So I'm a big dude on a little limb, and I'm going to say stud. That's amazing. All right, well done. Well said. All right, next, Manchester City. We talked about this match a little bit, but KDB. It seems obvious. It's not, though. It seems obvious. It's been such a weird season for City, right? De Bruyne has only played – he has played in four matches out of the seven. He missed three matches. Isn't that amazing? In two of those four, he subbed in, and he's played 80 against Chelsea and 90 against Liverpool. So he's come back and started the, their two top matches of the season. De Bruyne is a stud. He looked really good in the Liverpool match, Scott. And in if, real life. If Liverpool's going to be the best team that they play all season, which it might be, Chelsea's going to be good too, but they already, they played Chelsea the week before. I'm going to say that De Bruyne is a stud, and that's at his 
price of 11.9. I just don't know. That's a tough justification at the moment with guys around his price point. And that's that's what's that that's the problem for me yeah. is is you got guys in the at eleven nine you have to force your way into stud status. So so Mon, guys that are around eleven nine, Mane, Bruno Fernandez. Okay? I take both of those guys before the other guy who I wouldn't take and can't find the the field at the moment is Sterling, and then at ten seven oh, yeah. and, and then there's Sun, which of course I think maybe a lot of people are going to his ownership is well minimum thirteen percent. I'm going to Sun is at 10, and then it, it drops after that. But, uh, I mean, look, at 11-9, Scott, it's a little risky at the moment. If I'm a if I'm oh, a bro- it's very risky. Yeah. Very risky. I would say stud. Ironically, I find the big guy going out on another tiny little limb, and I'm going to say stud. Yeah. But I know the pedigree here. I, I say High that. Ceiling, I but- say that I'm going on a little limb. It's, it's the pedigree. I think he'll live up to his 11.9 price after seeing what I saw against Chelsea and against Liverpool. Yeah, I, there's no way I can endorse that. Last name, someone you just mentioned, Sadio Mane, scores here in this one. Stinkin', we have talked stinking Sadio Mane. We have talked about him more negatively. You know, missed chances. Here's shots. The, here's the problem with Mane. His teammate is Mohamed Salah. Okay, but do you know, don't look if you unless you already have looked at this. I don't want you to look at this now. Uh, do you know how many goals he scored this season? Yeah, so I know it's probably around four or five. So, so Salah and Vardy are at six. Yeah, he's at Mane's four. at four. Yeah, so that's not bad. No, it's fine. His scores are three, eight, five, eight, eight, two, seven. Like that's wicked consistent. Here, here's the problem though, because of other said players at other positions, like his teammate TAA, like Ronaldo, like Lukaku, guys in defense that are forward, and then his own teammate Salah at a, at a 12.6. These other guys who are demanding attention are taking money away from Mane, and that's the reason why his ownership is at a 2.8. It's crazy. You have to own – you have to not own a Ronaldo you have to, or Lukaku or a TAA in order to fit. And then – because you're probably owning Salah. He's the highest-scoring player in fantasy right now who now – I, I – he, he's a 12.6 for me. He's a now overall 12.7. So I don't know if he went up tonight. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. But Mane is at 11.9. Look, Salah has crushed Mane in season scoring. Points per pound. Points per pound. E- even in points per pound. Run the numbers. I'm not going to. Sa- Salah's had some assists. Salah's scored well. 70. Mane scored 41. And but that just speaks. But here's the deal. Here's the true, honest deal. That speaks to how good Salah's been this season. All, the other guys that Mane score around. Mane has 41. Son has 42. Townsend 43. Decore 43. Ben Rama 44. And then all of a sudden, there's Son in a, a league of his own. There's a reason why his ownership is at a 60.8. Scott, I've never in in, in my time doing FPL, I've never seen the ownership for one player be that high in the 60s. I'm 60.7. I've never seen it. And yet. It's not surprising. It's I've justifiable. All, for, oh, absolutely. Again, he scored 70 points on the season. We've played seven games. He's averaging 10 points a game, Scott. <laughs> That's unreal. He's averaging 10 points a game. So, Sadio Mane, because of Salah, more than anything, is... Because is of Salah and then the other players, other positions, not his own position, 
He is a – and the fact that there's guys that cost less than him that are scoring more than him. There's a reason why his ownership is at 2.8. All right, we're heading into an international break. So oh, by the way, yeah. Dud. Well, yeah, I, that was assumed. Fantasy dud. Yeah. And in the most circumstantial way, yeah, that is for sure. it. For sure. That, that is sense. it. Uh, all right, so international break is coming up. So game week eight is uh, over a week away. So we're not going to talk yet about our game week eight squads, although we did start with Dave talking about his wild card because that's relevant. Some of you are playing your wild card as well. If anything, that's who you don't grab is who I did grab. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the game week seven uh, results in the FPL America podcast league. Top score in game week seven. Familiar name, Dave. Game of throw-ins. Anthony. That guy is on his way back up. He used a 68 to move up into a tie for 18th. Well done, Anthony. And then our top three, a little bit of a change here. Number three is Cruel and the Gang, as in Tim Cruel. Uh, Jonathan is is in third, moved up into the top three. Technically tied with Nirvana State, someone, Michael, we've talked about a lot. Dude, so, th- those, th- yeah, Cruel and the Gang, and absolutely Michael, League Michael, Nirvana State, that guy just stays year relevant. In, year out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, sure. uh, Michael, uh, if you still listen, and I don't know if you still do, you could have <laughs> listened seasons ago. Uh, DM us. I'd love to try to work up an interview. I- I'm serious and, and try to have you on. Absolutely. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Consistent. Number two, uh, Diane Fusion Freak. Leave Diane is crushing. She is. She She's moved- crushing me this season like a grape. She's crushing us all. But uh, she moved down to second because uh, Phil moved up into first. Uh, Phil's got a couple of player names in his team, uh, his his team name. But the two player names together pay homage to a Cristiano Ronaldo quote from Euro 2020 this past summer. Okay. So technically, you would say that the team name is No Coke. Drink water, <laughs> but if you well played, uh, Phil. Yeah, Danny Drinkwater uh, is is grateful to still be relevant in the FPL America podcast league table. Phil, well done, first Scott, place. Scott, we often have names in our fantasy league that we love to mention, and on and they're a little risque. Okay, <laughs> usually but, yes, but they're usually legit. They're not flagged. If you are wicked creative, you can come up with some fun names, little sketchy but not get flagged, and, and you don't get turned down. And and we love to mention them, I do, as I am uh, love to go with the filth sometimes. Look, League Billy Scott sent me a text a couple days ago, and out of the blue, and he, he mentions to me a league name, which he hasn't taken yet. He hasn't changed his name to it. I would love to change my name to it, but I am a sort of a feared that it would get flagged. And I know I ju- what I just said there. But, he's, but, Scott, what if this was your league name? Mm-hmm. My tip of me Huang. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. He said, you think my tip of me Huang would get flagged? And I said, oh, my gosh, I doubt it. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, and then he also said, uh, I also like Mi Huang Long. So, League Billy being wicked creative. Billy, I wanted to give you a little love. I have not used it, but I wanted to recognize the a little bit of the filth 
And I know Brian oftentimes uh, loves a bit of Scott the filth when it comes along. We don't bring much filth in. So if I upset the kids, my apologies. All right. Well, we will, in all likelihood, uh, do another podcast episode next week to prepare you for game week eight coming out of the international break. We might. We might. We'll see. We'll see. We uh, might have some alternative listening. Yeah. That <laughs> right? Uh, that reminds it's, it's so public radio uh, of you <laughs> to say. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all well, right. Well, listen, Scott, we, we covered a bunch of uh, pertinent points. Honestly, I thought that co- that pod uh, was pretty decent because uh, it's tough to do when it's just uh, me and you and, and it's never the same unless we have the three of us together. For the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.